I feel like when there is new chapters coming on in your life, yeah. as much as you should have positive energy, people are so fixated on the next step that they forget what it is that they're leaving behind. Yeah. And you have to make peace with that in Literally. order to move forward. And if you're just going 100 miles an hour, 100 miles an hour, and you're actually not taking the time to mm. be, in, be in the present, acknowledge what you've done, accepted where you've come from, in, o- in order to like open up to the next steps. It is hard because it hits you. You can't run from it emotion. Does. It hits you can suppress it as much as you can, but it will come come up like in an unknown circumstance. Weird ways, just weird yeah, ways. Like, yeah. Because yeah. so I don't think it sounds weird at all. Now tuned in to the conversation for her by her. This episode was recorded in the pod at White City Place. Hi everyone, you are listening to The Conversation Podcast. Thank you so much for choosing to give us a listen today. My name's Bee and uh, I'm joined by some amazing women as always. Um, So we're going to let them introduce themselves. So I think we should probably start with our very special guest. Hi, my name is Victoria Monari and I'm the editor of Make Official Magazine. Woo woo woo! I am Mona, I'm on the podcast a lot, food lover. Lover of bee, you look lovely today. Oh, thanks. And excited to be here. <laughs> Hi, I'm Josephine. Excited to be here. And what about me? Do I look nice today? Or... Oh, yeah, <laughs> That's not a prerequisite. It's fine. Awesome. <laughs> so today we've got quite a hefty topic. We're going to be talking about grief and loss in all its forms. Um, so that is just a warning. If the content of this is likely to upset you and we are going to be probably talking quite openly about grief loss all the feelings that come associated with that so this is your fair warning um and I want to start off just by asking you guys if you can remember your first experience of um feeling grief or loss um what what was the first time that you remember feeling that experience and I'll kick you off because I I want it to be clear it doesn't have to be a deep thing or anything Mm. because the first time that I remember feeling loss or uh, sadness to do with a loss was I was about four years old um, I was on a holiday and I misplaced my stuffed animal Mm. my stuffed toy I don't know where it went still to this day I think I left in a restaurant or something like that and oh oh my goodness that feeling of hurt and upset and just being like I just want Lammy back um I can still remember that feeling to this day it was horrendous um and yeah so that's that's my first experience I remember very vividly being uh, feeling grief <laughs> I connect with that so much because I actually have a stuffed teddy bear <clears throat> and I still have him touch wood had him since the day I was born I did lose him when I was in Portugal and I know exactly what you're talking about that sense of I felt sick I will literally cut a bitch for that teddy bear. <laughs> I have him. <clears throat> I did lose him temporarily. Oh. I've got him on lock now, but that was a, that was probably my first time, and I was maybe about seven. Mm. So yeah, that was my first experience of grief. That's heartbreaking. Yeah, hundred percent. What about you guys? I guess for me, it's a bit deeper because now that I remember it, before I didn't know. Uh, I wasn't sure about my first ever memory, but now that I remember it, it was like a family friend, um, her daughter died and I was really young and it was ages ago, but yeah, that's the first time I kind of knew what death was. And Mm. then with that comes the idea of grief and everything. Mm. How old were you? Really young, maybe like even five. Oh wow. Yeah, but it was just like a big thing because she was, she's like best friends with my mum. It was her daughter, so then obviously, we all kind of felt it together kind of thing but yeah Mm. I guess that's the first time yeah I think for me I 
I think the first time I experienced anything like like devastating um, was when I was about 30 and I was dumped and I was devastated, mm. absolutely heartbroken. And, and mm. I would say that was a kind of grief. Absolutely. Mm. Um, yeah. No, that's an important point because I mean, when we think about grief, I think for most people, the first thing that would pop into their minds is death, mm-hmm. or at least it is for me. Um, but grief and loss can come in so many different forms, yeah. and mm-hmm. you can grieve a person uh, in a whole load of different ways as well. Um, so, what were your perceptions of grief as you were like growing up? Because I think a lot of people, their the way that they deal with grief and loss now, and um, when they're older, is often shaped by the experiences that they had when they were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, was death or loss something that was open in your family? Did you guys talk about it ever? I mean, when I was growing up, look, I didn't have any pets. Like we didn't have pets. So I never experienced a pet dying. Um, I wasn't mad on toys, so I didn't, you know, I didn't lose any or anything like that. You know, luckily there hasn't been a lot of death in my family either. So I'm at the age I'm at where I'm, there's a part of me that's quite terrified actually, because I've never Mm. really experienced this on a grand scale, death. And so I'm like, when it happens, I'm going to be flawed because I haven't really experienced it. Mm. So, um... It's difficult for me to answer because I guess I wasn't really, you know, like there were times, when, you know, when my parents, when their grandparents died, sorry, not their parents, their parents died, my grandparents, but, but I didn't know them very well. Mm. So even though obviously I was sad for my parents, it wasn't like a kind of visceral, like, gut wound. Mm. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if my childhood... Yeah. did shape me or maybe mm. it did because I'm at a place now where I just haven't really experienced it but so. that's interesting because if it's something that was never um, in like you never experienced it when you were growing up or in your household and it was never spoken about then yeah it can cause that fear because you don't know how mm. you are going to react um, if it does happen or when it does happen yeah yeah. I think for me I grew up in a not so very conventional family so all, to, all my brothers and sisters are my brothers and sisters but biologically, we're not all from the same mum and dad. I don't have one sibling that is exactly from my mum and my dad. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember my brother from my dad's side, when his mum and my dad got into whether they weren't having a good spell, they weren't talking, I essentially lost my brother. Because when she, when he would stay with his mum and not come to visit my dad and I didn't see him for years, I lost a brother figure. So... Mm-hmm that was difficult because that wasn't openly spoke about because that's adult business but essentially that affects the kids because if you never have an explanation as to one week you see your brother and then you you don't see him again the next weekend the next weekend the next weekend mm-hmm. you've essentially lost somebody and nobody's actually given you that explanation so you kind of have to think <coughs> that it's almost a taboo you can't really talk about it and even when that person comes back after how many years the person that left and the person that came back isn't the same person anymore so mm-hmm. that was a very upset in time and it was hard for me to get my head around because as I said there was no one there really to kind of explain it for me Mm. and I think that's quite a difficult experience as well Mm. because that's one of the forms of kind of loss or grief that I'm sure we'll get into but the idea of you lose somebody but they are still there yeah um you know that they're living their life they're they're somewhere in the world and they're doing their stuff uh they're doing their thing what about you Victoria you kind of were nodding along with Josephine that you don't think yeah I think I'm really similar to Josephine's situation where luckily nothing absolutely devastating has happened yet and there's always that yet feeling and I always have that fear kind of it's it's strange like because obviously I feel like life is always like a ticking clock kind of thing we're all on 
borrowed time in a way mm. I would say but um all very lucky to be here as well but yeah I just feel like there's always that kind of sick anticipation like oh when is something really big gonna happen mm-hmm. how am I gonna deal with it so I don't think I've dealt with that kind of grief the grief that you know you hear about in the news and stuff or just mm-hmm. like from people um so yeah really similar in that sense I think mm-hmm. yeah I think it is tough because yeah. I mean I remember when I was growing up I had um a book I was reading re- read a book called Mog which is uh, Judith Kerr or uh, um Tiger who came for tea and she wrote those sorts of books and it's about a cat yeah. and um one of the in one of the books Mog dies she kills Mog she doesn't kill Mog but um <laughs> Mog goes to heaven yeah. um and I remember reading that and um I think it actually came out when I was a bit older, but I probably still read it because I was, you know, um, really enjoyed the Mog books. But I remember thinking that was quite unusual because I hadn't really seen death or grief, and and I know it's it's a cat, but um, portrayed in that sort of way. Um, And then it really helped me through when my first kind of death, I guess, that really affected me, which was my pet cat. And I remember thinking back to that book and going, oh, you know, well, Mog went up to heaven or whatever happened to Mog. And, Mm -hmm. you know, seeing in the book how everyone dealt with it, which was quite interesting. But I don't know, I just think I I wouldn't know how to teach, if I ever have kids, how to teach them about loss and death. I don't know how I would go about it. I think that's a good way, though. The fact that you had the book, Mm -hmm. I think that would be a good start if you wanted to kind of you know introduce the idea of death and everything because mm. um, obviously when you're a kid you don't you think you're going to live forever yeah. until a certain age and then you're like oh actually ooh, no um mm. <laughs> so uh yeah i think that that book sounds like a good way to maybe mm. help kids try and understand the concept of it yeah it was a lovely book i, I think like grief is so i was reading something the other day and you know the people's want the five stages of gr- five stages of grief mm-hmm. yeah and i don't know it's like anger through to acceptance mm-hmm. but I was and apparently that's like an, an accepted model but um this therapist was saying like it's not linear it's it's you don't go from a to b to c to, you know you might mm-hmm. jump from, you know you jump around <coughs> that there. makes sense and I think I don't know if there is a way like I think yeah you can you can I guess teach kids and I guess I know a lot of parents give their children pets so they yeah. will learn about it yeah in a way. Mm-hmm. um but in terms of like death of like a you know if, i don't know if anything prepares you for, for for like you know loss of life or i don't think anything kind of can prepare you yeah for mm-hmm. that really um but i do think what you were saying before i do think you're right there are there's loads of different kinds of of grief and they're not always as recognized say as like a parent dying or a sibling or, or you know but like there's like you know friendship losses you yeah. can even experience grief when you leave a job like i yeah, left absolutely. my job i changed careers um and i left my job last year and even though i left and i you know i'd resigned you know i'd instigated the whole thing there was a period of i don't know if mourning is the right word but there was a period of adjusting yeah and getting used to this new way of living and there was a bit of sadness even though I wanted to leave so mm, I would say it's a form of mourning yeah because um, you're you're it's even if it's just mourning after your life before and the stuff you used to do in your routine or whatever or the people who were there that sort of thing no it's true the the timeline of grief is an interesting one um I would be in like uh, Josephine you were talking about your relationship how did you find um the timeline 
of grief afterwards when you were kind of going through that after when I when I got dumped mm. <laughs> I think grief's really ugly you know mm. it got messy I would like I think for me whenever I've experienced a kind of loss and it's you know even if it, it's never been a death but even when it's it's been something important it's always started off with um just a feeling of shock and I don't eat for a bit. I might sort of stay in bed for a bit. It's just, it's very, it was very, uh, I remember it was over Christmas as well. Oh which no. sucked massively. But um, I remember just feeling like just, um, it was very raw. Mm. It's very ugly. It's very messy grief. And, um, but you, you kind of just have to get into it. And then eventually around about sort of January. So this is around beginning of December, this happened around, so maybe mid January. You just come out of it. There's no like, oh, now I'm fine. You just gradually yeah. things start to hurt less. Yeah. yeah. I think that's one of the things that I always found most difficult is when you're actually in the period of grief. Because um, I'm I'm going through a, well, I have ended a long-term relationship a couple of months ago. So I guess I'm in the midst of it at the moment. Mm-hmm. But even with grief with death or with a friendship or whatever, um, all that anyone can ever say to you is, it'll get better. Yeah. that's all anyone seems to say or every day it'll hurt a bit less and one day you'll stop thinking about it and that's all that I've never had anything other than that and it's not comforting mm-hmm. I'm like well but how do you know how do you know it'll get better yeah. I don't know I don't think it will not at this point but you know it's hard to kind of give somebody advice on it though because like it's a very personal thing like I haven't had like a detrimental devastating breakup in a relationship but over the last couple of years especially in the last year and a half I've lost a lot of friends by because I've just kind of like narrowed my circle down and kind of just going on like my own spiritual awakening but I lost a lot a lot of friends and I mean close friends who were asked friends for like 15 years classes my sister called their mum mum and I'm still not over it till this day there's still times that I will remember a funny joke or something but when I explain my story to somebody else I wouldn't say that they they don't sympathise with me, but they can't advise me because for them they might be like, oh, like get over it, mm-hmm. or mm. they put a time frame. But you don't feel my pain because you didn't lose the relationship that I did, it, you know. So it's hard to give somebody advice on what to do because when it feels right, everything will fall into place. As cheesy as that sounds, but I do believe that. No, it's true. Mm. What about you, Victoria? Have you ever lost a a friendship or that, that uh, kind of loss? I think this summer has been the summer of losing friendships (laughs) in a really strange way of like Mm. putting it but in a way I think it also you know you lose something then you make space for something new I think Mm. that's a nice way to look at it yeah I think you should think about it like that especially I feel like I really resonate with what you said about you know long-term friendships and stuff mine weren't that long mine were maybe like two three years still kind of long but not as long as yours but i resonate because it's kind of the same yeah ballpark of um grief but i i just wanted to say something a bit like out there but i think when i went to uni like the first time um in first year that was a sort of grief for me and i know how weird that sounds but it was the just this the distance Mm-hmm. away from my family my mum especially I would literally like call her crying like I can't do this anymore mm-hmm. and I don't want to do it. and that was like a form of intense sorrow for me and I was just, it was just like it should be like all this kind of like oh my gosh new people new friends whatever but it was just such a 
such a shock yeah and I was just like I cannot believe that (laughs) that this is happening to me and it was just like uni I know it sounds so weird but like I'm over it now it doesn't it doesn't at all because I feel like when there is new chapters coming on in your life yeah as much as you should have positive energy, people are so fixated on the next step that they forget what it is that they're leaving behind. Yeah. And you have to make peace with that in Literally. order to move forward. And if you're just going 100 miles an hour, 100 miles an hour, and you're actually not taking the time to mm. be, in, be in the present, acknowledge what you've done, accepted where you've come from, in, o- in order to like open up to the next steps, it is hard because it hits you. You can't run from it emotion. Does. It hit, You can suppress it as much as you can, but it will come come up like, in an unknown circumstance weird or just ways, weird yeah, ways like, yeah because yeah. i don't think it sounds weird at all i don't think so i know a lot of people who felt similar ways yeah. at uni or or leave i, I felt it when i left uni actually yeah. suddenly you you know you build a life somewhere and you suddenly realize that was yeah. temporary Upgrade, yeah yeah <laughs> um so no i think and i think especially when you said the summer of losing friendships that <laughs> resonated with me completely that i remember vividly that happening during mm. uni yeah especially in my so the summer after when i suddenly was thinking you've got to realize you, you maybe had friendships that you um had built up a bit in your head or you yeah. had friendships who were circumstantial because and you change as a person mm-hmm. and you, you do outgrow people i think and it's yeah. it i would say that people are people can be good for you for a time but not forever mm. and i mean that's just what i think when you like lose a friendship or yeah. a relationship you know they were good for then mm. yeah kind I, of th- it's weird to think about i guess i think with friendships as well there's like the loss of a friendship there's there's a bit there's there's a shame i think that mm. comes with that as well and it's it's not as talked about as you know if you say if someone's upset and they say oh i've just been dumped or you know, I just you know, I've just dumped my boyfriend. Whatever. There's a kind of cultural understanding. Oh, okay, like it makes sense that you're yeah. sad, right? Mm-hmm. But I think in the in the case of like loss of friendships, whoever was the instigator, there is a feeling of like because that's that's not as clearly mapped out. You know, relationships don't yeah. last forever unless you get married or whatever, yeah. or you just stay together forever. You know. But friendships, for them to break down, it's like, it's like, well, what yeah. what happens? You're made yeah. to think that friendships are meant to be for like yeah. a while mm. yeah mm, I think there is a, a, a perception of friendships that as you say yeah that they're meant to last forever and mm. that that is a marker of a good friendship mm. yeah if it's like oh well I've known this person for only a couple of months I've known this person all my life mm. and you're yeah. meant to think that that will make that friendship better, better. But it won't necessarily and then that loss feels even worse because yeah. you think well, after all those years how could I not I don't know salvage it or whatever yeah maintain it and I think also a relationship, like you fall out of love with someone or they fall out of love with you or they're not attracted to you anymore, whatever. You know, when, you, when you're in a relationship with someone, there's, there's more than just, it's, there's a lot of things. It's how you look, it's, it's, it's everything. When you're friends with someone, it's purely who you are that yeah. you know, yeah. makes that union. Hardest so when that falls with. apart, it's like, okay, you know, is it me? Because if we were friends, because you connected with me and I connected with you, if we're now yeah. not friends, what does that say about me, you know, mm-hmm. as a person? And, and mm. so I think that kind of contributes maybe to the shame and, the, and maybe the reason why, like, the loss of friendships is not, mm. it's not spoken about. And I think in the course of someone's life, in, of a life, you are going to, you are going to lose friends, you're mm-hmm. going to end friendships, yeah. have them ended. It's It's... It's natural, it's just not talked about that much. Absolutely. I think it's difficult. I've always found it a lot easier to deal with grief when there is a tangible 
reason for yeah. the feeling. Yeah. Well, actually, that's how I'd like to deal with emotions in, at all. You know, if I'm feeling particularly anxious, it's always going to be easier to deal with when you know what the cause is. Mm. Um, so for things like loss, obviously, if somebody dies, that's the reason. <laughs> They're not here anymore. Mm. You can't talk to them. Or a relationship, usually there is a tangible reason. Um, but yeah, with friendships, often it is just... Very confusing. drifted apart mm. <laughs> and that's really difficult to deal with that's like mm. almost impossible to mm. I think it's with. very hard to pinpoint one thing in terms of loss of a friendship mm. and even loss of a relationship but yeah yeah it's very hard I've always found that um, the one thing with well at least at least uh, I mean I guess my I'm thinking mostly about my breakup because it's the most recent mm. thing that's happened but the th- main thing that would happen with death or with the loss of a friendship is the person you want to talk about it with mm. is usually the person who yes. isn't that yes. <laughs> yes. and that's so how you know you're just like oh what, what yeah. am I meant to do now it's like, useless <laughs> I agree and that's I think point. it's very painful because when you think about as you said when somebody dies there's a there's logic to it you understand that you can't speak to that person it's quite easy to explain but when somebody is alive and well and living Mm. how do you explain that and i give an example because currently um i'm in the process of fostering my niece and my nephew they've been taken off the care of their mum so now they have supervised supervised visits with their mum and my niece is five and my nephew is one she doesn't understand how could everything have changed so quickly i don't see my mum every day Mm. i might see her like once every two weeks what do i say to her because your mum is not dead your mum is not ill how do i word it for you that this is a sense of loss for her and it's really hard for me to explain it because i don't even get it and i'm Mm. 25 how am I supposed to explain it to her who's five? Mm-hmm. It's incredibly hard. And she yeah. even says, like, she said to me one time, is my mummy dead? And I said, of course not. But that's her little brain yeah. trying to make logic of mm. how, of her grief of losing a relationship when somebody no is alive and well. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it's hard. It's really hard. So I think that's an avenue that needs to get explored, that grief doesn't just come when someone's not in the picture anymore in terms of passed away or died. They could be down the road. or Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I think that's very difficult. Yeah. And I do think that that is harder. I, it's I absolutely agree. harder. I agree. I 100% agree. I think it's harder. Um, no, that's that's really tough. Uh, and I think, yeah, I, I mean, it goes back to the, the thing about children, but I just, it's such a complicated thing for them to wrap their heads around, yeah. even just with death, um, which is, yeah, it's fascinating, but difficult. And we seem to not have progressed yet in understanding how yeah. to do that and how to explain it to them. So that's tough. Um, and do you like when you are speaking with her do you mm-hmm. like do you try and give her any like advice or I don't know like coping mechanisms yeah, to see, like, I mean yeah. it's really difficult because as you can imagine there's people involved so you've got social workers and a team <laughs> and there's certain people who I believe it's their job and they're due to they they're the professionals they'll word it better than I can and I don't want to say anything that could kind of counteract her healing process so as of now I just kind of roll with the good times do you know what I mean and try to make her happy Mm -hmm. and in terms of that conversation I just say to her hopefully 
we're working towards you being reunited with your mum but as of right now that's just not the case but Mm. that's as much as I tell her because I myself don't really know what to say no exactly you can't make promises exactly Um, exactly that mm. and do you think that I mean I feel like we've sort of touched on it without fully getting into it but in society in general do you think that there is a taboo around grief and loss I mean Josephine you've mentioned it a little bit about a different kind of taboo that it's more taboo to talk about friendships or relationships Mm -hmm. or something rather than death what do you guys think I think I think you know in I was reading that in the in Victorian times like you would mourn for two years it was a whole period like if someone died like he'd wear black for two years Mm -hmm. like you know not just black clothes but everything like black headdresses Mm -hmm. like there was a whole Mm -hmm. kind of uh ceremony if you like around death and it was like a two-year mourning process. It was like a recognised thing. Okay, two years is a bit extreme, but you know there was some kind of marked period and, and some um, acceptance actually that someone would grieve for a really long time. Now, I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess in work, I think bereavement leave is what about five days. Mm. And I don't know to what extent that would be. Like, it, you know, d- does it depend whether it was like your spouse or your child or whatever I don't know um but I don't know if now if there is a feeling that or if people feel if they're grieving that they feel that people think they should be snapping out of it I don't know I agree I agree with that 100% I think that people are I'm not trying to bash everybody but I feel like right now people are very selfish and they think about themselves because I know people who are giving me advice when they haven't been in that situation and it's a bit like I'll take that on the chin and when they're in that situation there's the complete opposite if I gave them the advice they gave me they literally crumble it's like one rule for you and one rule for me so with grief and loss whatever state that comes in like I said it's very personal and to each their own only Mm. the person who's walking in that shoes can decide when they feel like okay it's time for me to move on now Mm. so I do think that people do have this kind of energy of like oh okay snap out of now it's been a week it's been five days you've been in your pajamas all day like you cannot you can assist somebody but you can't really instruct them as to when they should and shouldn't start moving on you see a lot of that in films as well like most definitely yeah I'm just the the example that's just come in my head is um uh in love actually when Liam Neeson mm. loses his wife and then his sister's like I think it's no I think it's his friend is like well no you need to get back out there you need mm. to for your son you need to kind of try and and it's just like mm. do you know what I mean yeah I thought that yeah that is a, that's a good portrayal of yeah Greg, actually that character yeah I thought. yeah that's yeah 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 I mean, and in the end, obviously, it was like happily ever after. But how often is it that quick? Yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> it's not easy. Not often you bump into a supermodel or whatever. Who is what at is a it? primary school? Yeah. Uh, Claudia uh, Schiffer. Yeah. <laughs> that's not no. going to happen for everyone. <laughs> brilliant though, brilliant film. But yeah, I was just that's just like a cheesy example of how people are told to snap out of grief yeah. so quick, and it's just like it doesn't it's your own kind of time frame mm. Mm. and it's not even grief it's like you know when someone you know when someone's sad and with the best intentions yeah. they'll be like oh don't be sad or you know cheer up but it's like yeah. literally where you actually i believe get strength is when you actually just and it's hard when you just you know if you, if you feel 
like crap like go in there like if, you, if I, it means staying I in bed agree. for two days I say the same then, thing then do it because I think that's actually where you grow and I think it's just yeah. natural that you, you you know when with people you love you don't want them to feel bad so you'd be mm-hmm. like oh you know don't feel sad or whatever but yeah. I actually feel like if, if it's there there's no point running away from it and exactly. it's going to come somehow so you might as well just dive in it's like owning your truths in a sort of way because i remember my friend once when i was going through something and he was like oh do you know what the best thing for you to do is just kind of like get over it and i was so fed up because i just thought in my head you don't know my pain and i just i just looked at him and i just said that's right i just gotta get over it i didn't (laughs) think of that you're so smart and I literally could have knocked him upside his head. Because <laughs> how can you tell somebody that? That's so insincere, but yeah. I'm getting here just thinking about it. Let me calm down. <laughs> yeah, no, it's an interesting thing about, you know, have, wanting to wallow in it. And that is often a very good way mm. to deal with your emotions and process it. But I'd be interested about what you guys think about, I, I think if you, if you are someone who has not experienced a lot of loss or grief or something, and you are scared of it, mm. you very could easily hang on to uh, relationships or mm. people um, because you are scared of the grief and the feelings that you're going to feel because you've never experienced it before. So mm. people who might stay in a relationship because they don't mm. want to go through the breakup and they don't want to be yeah. alone or stay with an unhealthy friendship because yeah. they're scared of not having any more friends. Yeah. Have you guys experienced that? I'm going to jump straight in because I have indeed. <laughs> and I tell you what, whoever is listening who this resonates with, you are going to lose someone. You're going to lose yourself. Because I did that. Mm-hmm. I held on to relationships that were toxic. I held on to relationships where I could actively see the traits they were showing me and I deliberately kept running past it. The breakdown. And yeah. I was losing myself mm-hmm. in that situation. And you will get to the point where you accept so much from whatever the circumstances that you are no longer the person you was walking into that situation and you have essentially lost yourself. And that is one of the biggest losses because you're the only one that can find yourself again. And some people never do. So I'd say that's a very, very dangerous thing. Yeah, I think for me, even though I haven't experienced death, it hasn't bled into relationships or friendships where I've stuck around longer mm. than I need to. Like, I think what I'm, I'm not scared of the losses that you, you know, relationships, friendships will die, you'll leave jobs, you know, I'm, that kind of loss doesn't scare me. Actually, I think there's a lot of growth in that what scares me because I haven't experienced because I haven't experienced it is death mm-hmm. so it, it, I don't think that fear has made me attach or keep attachments that don't serve me I think I've been quite I've known when they don't serve me and I've I've, I've acted on that but I think uh what does frighten me is you know the death of loved ones and not death mm-hmm. on a kind of grand existential scale I mean like my family you know like yeah. my parents or whatever that terrifies me yeah yeah well, I, I completely agree with um, you know, both of you, but with what Mona's saying, I agree because obviously they say that you accept the love you think you deserve, mm. and that's from the Fault in Our Stars. And <laughs> yes, it's a good book, and um, it's completely true. You people, you will stick like human beings, you know, as you said, flawed, and you, people do stick around longer than they need to because there is the fear of oh my gosh what's going to happen then it's just me like how will I deal with that mm-hmm. um, mm. especially yeah. because being alone can make the grief of whatever it is you're feeling more way worse because you don't have yeah. people to lean or yeah. that yeah. You, you think you won't have people to lean on I don't think it's necessarily mm-hmm. the truth but um, do you guys have you got like a particular 
event or loss that you have had in your life that you think was kind of a very pivotal moment for you that has maybe changed the way you think about yourself or changed the way um, that you feel about the way you can deal with things um, like I think I remember I, I've only been to a handful of funerals mm. um, and one of them the last one was four years ago I think for my grandma and I wasn't very close with her at all when I found out that she died I didn't feel very, you know, I was more sad for my dad mm-hmm. um, and looking after him. And I remember not feeling, you know, I didn't cry. I didn't feel really any particular negative emotions. And then we got to the funeral, um, still all fine. Um, and then the hearse drove up um, to the church and I literally just broke down complete, like floods of tears for the most of the, most of the rest of the service. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was kind of fine afterwards, but... I don't know, I think that really resonated with me and it does still because I think I was probably holding in a lot and I think yeah. it made me realise that I do that a lot with a lot of things okay. that I, I don't allow myself to feel a particular feeling yeah. until it's, I guess, not too late, but until the actual thing happens and yeah. suddenly you're you're breaking down. Uh, have you guys found that at all? Uh, I think I would say, for me, in terms of grief, uh, in terms of like loss of friendships this summer has opened my eyes to how I am and uh, what I think I could could handle as well because I thought that you know I would need to you know have these friendships for like a lot longer otherwise like who am I and I think it's so strange but when you're like young it's always like who am I going to hang out with and it's so it's almost like a bit superficial but it's like you know it's okay to hang out with yourself sometimes mm. and meet new people go a bit out there you know make decisions for you so I think I've just learned that losing something doesn't mean you know it doesn't have to be the be all and end all of everything yeah. there can be space for more I yeah think. Mm. I think for me, I, I nearly lost a friendship this year, um, a very good <coughs> friend, um, and we ha- actually took a, a break. Mm. And I remember during that period thinking, oh my God, I've lost a friend. Like I've lost this friend who I've known since I was 11. Mm. And I did grieve, it was, you know, that I was, I was really sad about it. And, but in that time, I, I, I learned, I think, quite a lot about myself, about quite a lot about how I'd shown up in the friendship, um, how I was shown up as a person. Um, and there was a lot of kind of like, I don't know, I hate the term soul searching, but you know, there was a lot of introspection (laughs) at that time, Mm. you know, cut a long story short, we're friends now, you know, and, and, and we reconciled actually, I think it was at the moment when I just, I think I I remember just sort of surrendering to the fact that maybe Mm. this friendship's over, maybe that's it. And I have to make peace with that. Yeah. And I did somehow. And, you know, that evening actually, she got in contact and I would say like our friendship our old friendship did die, it's different now, but it's mm, it's yeah. much better. Mm. It's actually like, I, I value the friendship more because I lost it. It's evolved. Yeah. And so you, and we, I think we just treat each other better. So I think, yeah, I, I did lose something, um, but I've been lucky enough actually that I kind of gained yeah. something even better yeah. from that. That's nice. I think you can gain a lot from, from grief and loss. Yeah, a lot. most definitely like some, really valuable life lessons for myself um about five years ago my grandma died and 
that's the first time that I'd experienced death that was that painful because my grandma was basically like my mum. Mm. And to see my mum go through that and for me to go through that was absolutely heartbreaking. And even to today, five years old, my mum still can't talk about her mum without crying. It's still that painful for her. And I think a lesson that that taught me is everybody's gonna die. And I have that written on my mirror and people come in and they're like, what the hell? And I say, you know what, I'm not gonna get into it, but you don't know what it means. For me, I think it's just reminding yourself that you get so caught up in everyday life. You do. And when you take yourself out of a situation, you realize that coffee that you got that wasn't the flavor that you wanted, that boy that you thought you really wanted but wasn't really you checking his DMs, all of that stuff is so stupid because the actual fact is you were here today and gone tomorrow and it takes moments like that to remind you that you need to do whatever it is your purpose is to do on this earth. And it's sad because old age isn't something you can run from. You can try to hold on to relationships that you think are falling apart. You can think you can do better, you might know better. But in terms of natural causes, Mm. it's out of your hands. There's absolutely nothing you can do. So I think it's good to take the pain from that and remind yourself you have to keep going. Yeah, I think that is part of the reason why we are so scared of death. It's the inevitability of it. Mm. And people don't want to face the fact that it will happen. Yeah. It's one of the few things in life that is inevitable yeah. mm-hmm. and will or you cannot mm-hmm. escape it. Yeah. And to add to that, and I, I think people try and distract themselves in loads of ways Agreed. to try and forget it. What like what you've just said about like the coffee and boys and I think consumerism, just buying things constantly just buying things yeah and like i'm not saying that people are doing it not to enjoy themselves but i'm saying it is just like a good way to distract yourself from the inevitable Mm -hmm. kind of you know way that it will end yeah and (laughs) i mean as maybe morbid this might sound but yeah we like all of us in this room we're all decaying slowly yeah. <laughs> very yeah. slowly yeah. our skin dies all the time yeah. our yeah. organs are slowly yeah. replenishing themselves like from the moment you're born yeah. you're on that track mm-hmm. it's a bit of a depressing thought but i think that is what people don't want to can't yeah. think about and that's why you have so much stuff about people wanting anti-aging creams and you they li- want to dye their gray hairs and it's like because it's mm-hmm. the the rushing inevitability yeah. of it's literally like death you, you just read <laughs> you, my brain you don't want to think yeah. about it. you don't yeah. want to and so people are yeah putting on creams and putting on plus and going mm-hmm. no one can know no one can know yeah. that it's happening to me yeah. it's happening to you exactly. too <laughs> and i saw a quote one time and it just said that celebrate the fact that you're getting older because not literally. everybody's given that gift oh, yeah. and that really resonated with me because it's like the flip of a coin of course you're getting older but at the same time not everybody has that gift mm-hmm. and as you get older you fall in love with yourself more and more because mm-hmm. you know more you've been on this earth longer like life is the longest journey that you'll have but you only have one take at it you can't do it again so it's a bit of a catch-22 how you kind of want to look at it i guess yeah i think to add to that as well i this shit is deep <laughs> it's so it's so deep but i think in a really interesting way that I've been trying to think about grief and just sadness in general is that it's almost like a pleasure to feel sadness because that means that you are alive and feeling something yeah yeah it's all it's it's a weird way of thinking about it but if you're sad about something if you're grieving about something just remember like you're in the you're actually you're still in a position to grieve Mm -hmm. because if you were feeling who knows how you 
who knows what you feel when you're not here do you know mm-hmm. what I mean and it means that there was something there to grieve as well yeah there was something important but I think you can also grieve what you haven't had I've read oh, plenty of stories of women who wanted children and mm. for whatever reason it didn't happen and they grieve that mm. and that you know, I find that heartbreaking you know as a woman myself who you know would love to have children you know as women it's difficult for us because time is not on our side biologically yeah. for yeah. that reason um, so, and not just grieving ch- a child, you know, if, if you're lonely and you're single, say, you can grieve, a re- okay, a relationship is something you can still have, but in that moment in time, you are alone. You can grieve the loss of actually not having someone there. Yeah. So I think there's, that you can grieve things that you haven't had as absolutely. well. Um, definitely. No, absolutely. And I mean, yeah, it'd be interesting if, if you guys have had any more positive because that's a really nice positive outlook that you have, Victoria, of that, and something positive that you can potentially gain from loss. Has anyone got any ideas? <laughs> I think from what I have gained from loss is a lot of, a lot of more, a lot more love to give to myself and to others, a lot more appreciation, a lot more wisdom. Because when you go into the grieving process, the person that comes out is a much more stronger version of yourself, I believe. Definitely. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what I've gained from loss and grieving. Uh, I think the example I gave of, um, you know, my friendship that's, you know, that's now, it's changed, it's even better. I think Mm. loss can humble you. Grieving can really humble you that you, when you come out of it, you don't have that same kind of ego that, you know may have got you into the situation yes, in the yes, first place yes. where a loss was to happen mm-hmm. and I definitely think what I gained from that situation um is you know I feel I, I do show, I, I learned a lot about myself like good and bad mm-hmm. and I think I lost a lot of the things maybe that I kind of needed to lose to, to learn how to value mm-hmm. a friend more um so it was definitely a positive the friendship's better than ever so it was definitely mm-hmm. positive yeah. that's very good I think I'm just going to jump on what Josephine said really quickly. Um, I think Oprah said, when mm-hmm. bad things happen to people, a lot of them say, why me, why me, why me, and yeah. not why not me. Mm-hmm. And that spoke so much truth to me. Why are you above what everyone else is going through yeah. or what, what is inevitable instead of looking at it as, oh, why did this happen to me? Why is it me? Why not me? Mm-hmm. So I really agree with what you said. It humbles you. It really mm-hmm. tells your ego to sit down. <laughs> Absolutely, especially because it's impossible to go through life and get everything right all the time. Mm-hmm. And if there was a thing that happened, if it was a relationship or a friendship and yeah. something breaks down or there's, you know, maybe it's communication or uh, you're turning into a different person, that really can be a, a, a wake-up call for you yeah. to go, whoa, hold on, mm-hmm. <laughs> look, at, look at myself in the mirror and think, is it all, is this partially, is this on, on my shoulders yeah. as well? Something that I can, like a burden for me to carry as well, me to change. Mm-hmm. And you can come out even stronger. Um, this inter- Josephine, you were talking about the friendship that you had that you kind of pulled back. Um, have, have either, like Mona or Victoria, have you guys ever had that where you've had a, an almost loss and then yeah. you managed to pull it back because you made, you looked at yourself in the mirror and went, okay, I've got to change my ways or maybe they did that. Yeah, I've recently had that, um, something similar like that. Um, I was friends with this girl and we were like really really close like it was super intense and we were like best friends sisters whatever and then we just I was just like oh 
I can't. I just need a break. It's too intense. And then she went off. She she went off to uni, for like a year later than me. And then we kind of stopped speaking for a bit. And then I think, but like when we weren't speaking, it just it shows you like I was just like like I missed her mm-hmm. stuff that I would only tell her. There was no one to say say it to now. It was just like really strange. Just like it would wouldn't even be big things it'll be little things just like small things you can laugh about stuff like that and then she just wouldn't be there because i just felt i just felt like that obviously she was there but she, there was no access there was no way to yeah. i think it le- takes a lot of like getting over your pride as well mm-hmm. and the thing about your the ego that you've just said mm-hmm. you have to if you want to you if you want to try and salvage something like that you you have to be a bit vulnerable i don't like being vulnerable i'll just say that now <laughs> i just don't like it i've never liked it um but i had to put away my pride and my ego a little bit and then we just kind of reconciled um i i was thinking the whole time i should say something i should say say something and then she texted me i was like oh my god thank god <laughs> <laughs> and then from then it kind of <laughs> So I did. I mean, I didn't have to fully put away my pride, but I had to put some of it away. But you, even but yeah. if you had, even though you didn't want the one to yeah. text, you were still close. Yeah, you had humbled yourself. I had to, to swallow something. <laughs> but yeah, that was good. Yeah. I'm glad that, that we're okay now. Yeah. I'm glad as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, we're we're nearing the end. We've gone through some. You've all been very wise, um, but I wanna <laughs> I wanna know if you guys have. I mean, we have. We've already said this a lot of times that everything is individual. Everyone has individual responses to grief or loss or whatever. Um, and advice isn't usually the best way to go about it. But is there anything that you would say? Not necessarily advice, but is there anything that you would say to someone who's listening now, who's going through a loss, or who is struggling with uh, a loss of any kind? When I was going through the situation I would basically pray and I said that on the other podcast part of my New Year's resolution was to pray more don't know who I'm praying to but just speaking it out loud and I would say whoever's out there listening I ask for you to clear my emotions so that I'm able to see the lesson that this is supposed to teach me and I would say speak that into existence because there's a lesson to be learnt there um i i I'd, I'd say during that period i got um i became a lot more spiritual i started i started reading a lot of uh marion williamson do you know reading a lot of her stuff listening to a lot of uh um like ted talks and stuff um it helped i think you know i think at that time you're, you're more receptive to it because yeah. you're in pain so if, if there's ever a time when you can you know you're going to receive you might as well do it then um, but I found that that worked. That that helped me. Uh, I guess in terms of advice, I'd say if you're in like the midst of it, that's like the worst it will ever feel. So just like know that, and then you know accept it, and then try and like just go for another day, kind of thing. It's just small steps, mm. especially. You know, the bigger the grief, the harder it will be to just, you know, maybe just do normal things. But yeah, it's small steps. And then mm. just remember you're still here to be able to feel that. And that's a lucky position anyway, even though it doesn't feel like it. Mm. So you should appreciate that 
yeah sort of wider picture and i think it comes with hindsight and perspective but yeah that's the thing i think i would always say one day you'll look back on yeah this and you might not even remember the the feelings mm. and the pain and you'll, you'll look back at it and go gosh that was i'd never thought this would end yeah and yet but it did can i just say one more thing i'd also say don't be in a rush to come back up so quick i think mm. if you have a day when you don't you can't get out of bed and stay there like yeah. there's no shame i think in like going like going deep into the down if that's if that's where you need to be and i think you know if you stay there for as long as you need to mm. that's what yeah you've got to think of it like like divers deep sea divers when they go down when they're mm-hmm. coming back up from the deep dark depth of the, the ocean they don't just spring straight up they yeah. just, what, what is it they go around the bend or something they get the bends yeah, yeah get the bends and you'll yeah. be unwell <laughs> you've got to go up a little bit maybe you go down a little bit as well i think that's something that's important it won't always be all uphill yeah you might regress <laughs> you probably will that's yeah. just being human i like that analogy that's a good one <laughs> <laughs> just came up with it right now <laughs> on top of your brain um but yeah so Thank you so much, guys, for being thank so open. Thank you this so has much. Been very enjoyable. That was really cathartic. Yeah, really <laughs> cathartic. I, I think like we need be... to talk about it more. I agree. I feel like we need to end with some snaps because that was like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll end with some poetry. Snaps. <laughs> yeah, you can end with. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, and thank you to you for listening. Um, and make sure to listen in. We've got so many other great episodes with more amazing women. So definitely keep tuned and look at Women of Power UK for events as well. We do events. We're not just a podcast. So <coughs> come see our faces. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.